This is Dropping Julia, and, and this, this room, room sounds, sounds great. great. By the end of the night, people were dancing in mud puddles. Yeah. And, and requesting all these old songs. It was just a lot of fun. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like a melody of a song, and I'll do it in my voicemail while thinking, in the morning, this is an amazing masterpiece. And I listen in the morning, and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> in a good way <laughs> hello howdy thank you so much for tuning in thank you for strapping on the headphones while you do your laundry and listening to our little podcast this room sounds great joining us this episode is dropping julia i'll give you guys the opportunity it's julia and sean to introduce yourselves what you do in the band what your genre is and what in the world you're promoting here Hi, everyone. I'm Julia, or Jules, and I am the front lady of Dropping Julia and also uh, write the songs or the base of the songs. And I got Sean here. Want to introduce yourself? <laughs> I'm Sean. I play the drums in the band, and we both co-manage it. Mm -hmm. Dropping Julia is a little hodgepodge. We're kind of like an indie band, but we have a um, little bit of melancholy kind of soul and then a little bit of a funky, sassy side as well. So we got two sides. <laughs> So you're sad, but then you can bring yourselves out of it with the funk. Exactly. <laughs> what has the landscape for you been like during the pandemic? And are you, you know, still rehearsing, still gigging, recording albums? What are you doing? We were a little flabbergasted as to what to do. And when it first hit, we had a lot in the works. We were going on a tour, releasing an album. We had a lot going on. And so we weren't really sure what to do. And the pandemic started in the late winter. Once spring hit, we all were quarantining for a good bit of time. We felt comfortable rehearsing outside. And we're a five-piece, so <laughs> we're a big band. And we started getting in as many outside gigs and rehearsals as we could. When we could, we weren't really sure, you know, if this was going to bleed into the next fall and winter. And so Pretty much from May through November, we were gigging outside as much as we could, which it just felt so great because we love playing together. We got a lot of camaraderie between us. We're friends. We're family at this point. And now that we haven't gigged since mid-November, Sean and I are like going crazy. We're like, do we even play music anymore? <laughs> will, you will. It's coming up. No, yeah. Taco Sessions Live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're, we're really excited to do this. We were able to do a little bit of recording also here in Richmond earlier in the fall. And this is the first performance that we're going to be able to do again at Shaco Sessions Live. And I'm super excited about it. I've seen some of the videos and it, it looks awesome, sounds awesome. And I think it's going to be super fun for us. As long as you don't mind that I'm your only audience member. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm very enthusiastic, I promise. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, how long have you guys been a band and have you always been based in Richmond? We haven't always been a band. It started off, Emily was playing with a couple other people and that turned into her wanting to kind of go solo. And solo went immediately to having a backing band. Aww. <laughs> uh, and so there was a couple members of the band right at the beginning. They rotated out before it became Dropping Julia. So it was just Emily, Julia, Kresge, trio. It became confusing because is it Emily? Is it Julia? One day I joined her on stage and just played a couple songs with her, the rest of the group that she had with her. And that just turned into us really getting along musically and then really getting along with the bass player, and then we just kind of fed off each other for a long time. It turned into a trio, me, her, and the bass player, and we played together all up and down the East Coast, just all over the place as much as we could. And then one day we were sitting in a... Diner. Like, yeah. yeah, like a Trying diner. to get a band name. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> figure it out, and we knew we didn't want to be just a name, and we knew it needed to be focused on Julia. So we were like, well, what if we just drop part of the name out so it's not emily julia kresky trio and then we were just like dropping julia and it just snapped and it hit yeah. and, it, and it worked and we 
texted it to a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we asked people's opinions. That yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, your name struck something funny for me because there was a local band, Tappahannock sort of area. They're called Kicking Thomas. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, the verb in someone's name, and it stemmed from way back, probably 30 years ago. I think Thomas is 30 now. But when he was a toddler, there was a band rehearsal, and he was just toddling around. And somehow somebody was rocking him with his foot. Like, I guess he was leaning against the foot and there was just this funny little thing. It was soothing him. But when my friend looked over, it looked like someone was kicking him. And they're like, are you kicking Thomas? That's and so, so it just funny. it wound up becoming their name. It was just one of those funny little incidents just like that. But Luckily, uh, I don't think she was dropped. <laughs> but it's, it's a joke that will never end now. Like, yeah. Sean posted a picture of Phoebe Bridgers on his Facebook from her performance at SNL. And my dad commented saying, it looks like you have dropped, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> it was a temporary program. Yeah. <laughs> and so what what do you guys think of the Richmond music scene? I guess I'll say before COVID. You know, you played outside a lot recently. Mm-hmm. With, I'm sure that's like breweries and yeah. thing, wineries and things like that. But what has the scene been like for you and other bands who do what you do? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's enough space? Do you find it competitive? We're actually based in Charlottesville, but it's close enough that we come here a good amount. And we're actually moving to Richmond in July. So we will Ooh. now be a Richmond-based band, which is exciting. We have a lot of other music musician friends who in the last year have moved here. (laughs) So I think that can attest to the fact that Richmond is an awesome place for musicians. We've always found that whenever we come here for gigs, whether it's wineries, breweries, restaurants, venues, we're really well received. It seems like people in Richmond really dig live music. I love Charlottesville, but I miss the edgy city vibe and it seems like that's really present here. People love to go out and dive bars and hole-in-the-wall bars and beautiful bars, you know, all different mm-hmm. kinds of places and, and just get drinks and eat good food and see live music and that's like our whole lives. So <laughs> every time we've been here, it seems like every venue and every bar is different, has a different vibe and there's a lot of different bands, different genres. It just seems like it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. We Over the summer, we got to play at Brambley Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And despite that night it was pouring rain it was insane and they were telling us they didn't want to call it because we didn't want to have to cancel the gig but they were going to call it if it was raining too much and they were like well let's just do it and see what happens and it was pouring rain but there were still so many people there like they didn't even care that it was raining and that it was crappy weather everyone seemed to still be having a great time and so by the end of the night people were dancing in mud puddles yeah it was (laughs) requesting all these old songs it was was a lot of fun you wouldn't see that in every music scene that is so cool yeah yeah charlottesville is a little more college town sometimes it can get a little folky or Mm -hmm. it's just kind of got its thing but you're right yeah richmond is from dive bar to bougie, we've love got it, it all. <laughs> and I love everywhere in between. I love both ends of that spectrum. <laughs> me too, me too. What are your inspirations for songwriting? Are you one of those from the heart kind of people or what's going on in the world? And then are you a dedicated writer or are you just, when it hits you, you scribble it and bring it to the band? <laughs> it's definitely when it hits me, I scribble it and I have to have always kind of been like that. I was a avid creative writer before I was a songwriter. I didn't learn to play guitar until I was 19, so I had probably from 13 to 19, where I was just getting really into creative writing in general and poetry. And it was something that I found to be very important to me and a really great outlet. And so I was always kind of scribbling up until then. And then when I started playing guitar, I learned to play guitar more so to play covers and to play songs that I could play to campfire with my friends. And then it turned into songwriting. And and so I've written some of my favorite songs, you know, when I'm at work and I'm like, oh, this is bubbling up and I have to do this. I get so many voice memos sent to me. (laughs) My voice memos on my phone, I have like hundreds and some of them are ridiculous. Like sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like a melody of a song and I'll do it in my voice memo thinking in the morning, this is going to be an amazing masterpiece. And I listen in the morning and I'm like, what the? 
What was that? <laughs> Some incoherent half asleep. I know. But in your brain, you hear the finished song. It's You hear it. Full. People are resonating with it. Mm-hmm. They've latched onto it. This is your opus. And then it's you like hear so it soulful. Like, but actually, one of our songs, which is on the most recent album, In the Clear, I woke up with that melody and I got it in a song. I was so proud of myself because I was like, somehow my dream self like made this song up. <laughs> and I even had lyrics. And that was the only time that that actually translated well. But as far as content for songs, where do I find the inspiration? It's really everything that I've been through. My songs are very personal and every word is true. You know, they're all from personal experience. And I find inspiration even from the darkest of times. And I think that that's why I really enjoy songwriting. Sean, he's usually the first person to hear my songs from the bare bones of it because we live together and he's in the band and he always says it looks like it's a therapy session for me I'm like writing a song <laughs> yeah. once I'm done I'm like oh I'm good it's out. <laughs> well and the beauty of it is someone else will resonate with it someone else will know they're not alone someone else will grow from it or take from it what they will I'm always so grateful that people make themselves vulnerable like that it is a beautiful thing. And so you write the main part, and then you let each person who plays their instrument write their own piece for it? Sorry, for the most part, yeah. I really enjoy the process because everyone in the band, most of them play multiple instruments, so they have different perspectives on the songs and different genres that they have passion for, and they've all kind of bled into the band. That's why I think it's such a colorful band now. It's become so fun. And so, yeah, I write like the base of the song with the melody and the chords but lately I've put down the guitar and I've just been singing for the most part in the band so I tried a different avenue now where I'm just coming up with melodies and I'm bringing it to the band I'm like you guys write the complete music for this I think it's been the best thing for the band honestly because everyone is a better musician than I am (laughs) oh that's fun and you know it takes time to trust people and you know the longer you're together the more you start thinking alike and and it becomes more intuitive well let's hear a little snippet we have chosen my room and is this off of an older album a new album it's not even an album we just released our recording time during COVID we're like we have one or two songs that we can do right now safely let's do it (laughs) so it's just a single perfect this is my room from Dropping Julia a lot of us have been feeling that lately <laughs> yeah it's so funny you asked earlier if we draw like any inspiration from events that are happening now and yes and no i feel like she writes the songs 
And then like we hear the final product and you're like, oh, this is the quarantine song. This song mm-hmm. is literally about being trapped and not being able to see your friends and family. Depression, reality of it, it's about her childhood. And it's so far mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I got a real uh, Sky Edwards feel from it, from Morchiba, like the singer from Morchiba. I haven't actually mm. heard of him. Um, it's a she. Yes, uh, Morchiba. They have probably eight studio albums. They were bigger in the 90s. Um, but she just has that dreamy, lilty. She's beautiful. It's, I'll have to look yeah, them up. Really but... nice sound. And she, of course, draws from real life situations like that as well. Yeah, I, I read a great article recently about we are making an effort to keep our close relationships thriving we're zooming and we're mm-hmm. making phone calls but we're missing those everybody thought were superficial relationships we're realizing how vital those yes. are your little yeah. exchange with the counter people the person at the water cooler at work your fans of the same sports team with the guy at the pizza shop just brief little mm-hmm. interactions we're starting to really feel the isolation with those not being around yeah i i was just thinking about that i was saying to sean i think that i miss just like being in the community of humanity we don't leave the house much but when we went out to dinner the other night we only do that once in a while now when we can and part of the reason I used to love going out to dinner going out to bars is that the serendipitous moments and you end up you know maybe getting to know someone that you wouldn't have before and our table was so far we were still just in our house isolated but in a restaurant (laughs) and I think social skills are so bizarre because I'm used to small talk with servers I say that because the last two times I've gone out to dinner it's been a lovely female server and then we just aren't chatting right. like we used to. It's yeah. so strange. And I feel like we're not busy. We've got the time. But I don't know if we are all just so used to keeping private now or what it is. But, man, I used to compliment their outfits and we talk about the wine list right. and we would just ramble. And mm-hmm. it's not there right it's now. Not. We're all just clamming up. Everyone is so aware of each other's boundaries. I mean, in a way, that's probably that's good because in a sense, you know. Yeah, we're we'll giving be, each other space. Yeah. Then we don't know when to, you know, finally go in a little bit, just a tiny bit. And so no one will make that that step. That's a good point. Well, hopefully people will be listening to this in the very near future and they'll think, oh, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> so you mentioned that you guys as a band are very close. You're like family. What do you guys do for fun to shake things up and keep it interesting? We're ridiculous. We are. <laughs> in a good way. We have, yeah, in a good way. I feel like we get along so well because we all kind of have similar senses of humor. At least Sean and Sam, we've all been in the in the music scene together so for fun i feel like we just like to joke around we watch vines kind of like the tiktok from 2014 we laugh on the way to gigs and you know when we're all in the car we play would you rather oh my gosh <laughs> you most... really get to know people that way yeah. Yeah. and i thought that boys were dirty i'm the only female in the band i'm the most ridiculously dirty one in the band you have I would never say. lived with a teenage girl <laughs> i can tell wow yeah yeah so you know we like to travel we love it as a band we have we have a lot of fun on the road so that's probably our main our main thing definitely being able to hang out with a group of like four or five people in a car in a tight space for five six sometimes eight hours you yeah. gotta really enjoy each other we can't just put on headphones and everyone does their own thing because then you get to the show and it's like are you guys even friends are you right. enjoying this are you having fun together and the audience feels it yeah. i will tell you we've interviewed a lot of bands we've seen a lot live and it's noticeable. They mm-hmm. might be fine musicians. Their songs yeah. might be lovely. But when you're using words like fine and lovely, and yeah. there's no heart and passion yes. and they're not giving each other, there's knowing looks or mm-hmm. there's no inside jokes. The audience can feel it. They definitely can. We have a lot of inside heart, jokes. Yeah, we have so many inside jokes. We made like an entire alternate ego for one of our bandmates at one point. We like had this whole joke where he was going to have this solo musician career and we made up all these songs for him. Yeah. We're just like ridiculous. Our whole lives that we're not in reality. That's perfect. <laughs> well, you mentioned different incarnations of bands but you have a funny story of your first band right 
I'm yeah, sure. my first band was a hardcore band. I guess it was considered post-hardcore, but we all met in high school, and then we all kind of like moved into the same apartment together. Oh lord, that was trouble. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then our apartment burned down. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> the the day after our apartment burned down, we had a gig scheduled for Hot Topic and Short Pump. No way! I didn't know that yeah. story. <laughs> so our apartment had just burned down, and then our families all came from wherever they're from, mm-hmm. and everyone's like helping us pack up destroyed clothes. And How old were you? I was nineteen. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. Did you guys lose instruments? And... Luckily, all of our instruments were in a wow. practice space, mm-hmm. so oh we were gosh. fine. That's crazy. Yeah. The only things of mine that weren't ruined were in the dryer. Because the dryer didn't get destroyed, but like everything else, like I had to get a new bed, new pillows, everything. Oh, Everyone was super supportive, though. Sure. But my mom was guiding us through the process, and she's driving us up to the Short Pump Down Center, and we're walking past Terra Tai, and I'm carrying my drums. Everyone's looking at us like we're crazy. Because you're gonna play in a mall. Yeah, a bunch of tattooed. I had a mohawk. I mean, the, Seriously. And and we're yeah, we're walking through like this like nice mall. We set up. My mom goes from door to door from all the places. Like my son's playing a show at Hot Topic. <laughs> And then I didn't know this, but she told everyone that we had just lost pretty much everything in the fire. So, so many people came and like bought Donated. stuff and they were like, had little signs for us. It was really sweet. Sean, that's great. Yeah. That's so cool. Before we switched on, I was thinking Hot Topic and a short bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they pushed all of the merchandise to the ends of the building and we all just kind of congregated in the middle. It was so loud. We got shut down after like three songs, but <gasps> it was really Did fun. they have a PA there? Yeah, we brought our own. You brought a PA? (laughs) That is adorable. Yeah. We used to play like alley cats and stuff like that. And we still felt like little kids. But for the first time, we got to be like the cool kids. Oh, yeah. But it it felt like we were the cool kids. Oh, absolutely. It was a lot lot of fun. That is incredible. So you'll have a full band when you're here on Shaco. There are five of you. And who is everybody else? We got Sean here who plays the drums. Then we have... Two guitarists who kind of trade off lead and rhythm, and that's Alex and Sam. And then Sebastian plays the bass. And then probably halfway through our set, Sebastian's going to give Alex his bass, and Alex will play the bass, and Sebastian will pick up his keyboard. <laughs> we do a little switcher. Yeah, musical chairs. So many, yeah. The, the Jared yeah. Stout band was talking about oh, that. Yeah. Everybody could just pass off an instrument to each other, and the song would continue. That's amazing. I wish I could play anything other than the drums, but I can't. <laughs> you can play the triangle. Yeah, Falls under percussion, I think. Plays a mean tambourine. <laughs> I actually cannot play tambourine. It's embarrassing. Your arm gets tired. Yeah, and it's harder than it looks. You're smacking yourself yeah. with I it. I smack, yeah, instead of doing the whole shaky thing, I just smack my leg with it. There are a lot of old 70s funk songs where you hear someone has been doing it for mm-hmm. 8 to 12 yeah. minutes, and you just think they must have carpal tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> Veins bulging out of their arms. Mm-hmm. And so what has been your most memorable performance? I mean, has it been one of the little places during the pandemic was it a venue before that where you just felt like we're clicking and this is it was it about the audience reaction i have a couple two main ones that pop out to me that were very memorable and the first one was a event in charlottesville called fem funk and that is a woman organized event usually at the southern in charlottesville and this awesome girl who is also a musician in the blenders she books a bunch of femme-led bands and it was the first gig where I didn't play guitar I just had to trust that the guys were going to have my back so it was kind of a you know it meant a lot in both of those ways a lot of our songs are about feminism and about female struggles and and female empowerment and so it felt really cool to put my guitar down and and have that kind of empowerment while singing you know there were a lot of new songs at the time it was about a year and a half ago 
when we were really, really hardcore in songwriting. And it just felt amazing. Everyone there was so supportive in so many different ways, not just musically, but also, you know, for the fact that it was called Femme Funk. It was really cool. And the other one that I felt really special about was New Year's Eve. It was right before the pandemic hit. It was last year. And we played at this really cool old retro ballroom type place in Charlottesville. And, you know, everyone was so happy and dressed up and dazzling. And it just it felt like we were in a different time yeah. different era mm-hmm. the last big hurrah and they didn't know it was yes. the last big hurrah <laughs> yeah we had no idea <laughs> I, would have, I would have partied mm-hmm. so much harder than that if I knew. <laughs> blackout yeah, <pretty> much. <laughs> no. i would probably say the femme funk that was a really fun Ooh. night too and something that's really cool about the band is that it's mostly men but all of her songs are about female empowerment, getting catcalled, this, that, or the other. It's always calling out guys. And it's just so funny that it's just like a bunch of dudes in the back. Like, yeah, what she said. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. That's why I love you guys. That's yeah. probably why I feel so comfortable writing those kind of songs. Yeah. This uh, song is about every other man except the guys in my band. <laughs> These guys would never do that. But they'll call you out if you do it. Myself, my most memorable performance was the Charlottesville area has this festival called the Festi. And it's a bunch of like jam bands predominantly. We both also work at a local nonprofit music school in Charlottesville called the Front Porch. And they had this little instrument petting zoo so kids can come and play tambourines, bongos and stuff like that. And really cheap plastic kid instruments. Julia was working a uh, just like a shift at the tent and I was walking by. I had gotten off of my shift um, doing social media and I was about to grab some food and maybe grab a beer and watch a couple bands. And we, we just kept on hearing in the background, the guy on stage, Anders Osborne, you know, it's middle of Sunday afternoon, it's super hot, everyone's kind of tired. Dawes had headlined the night before, it's like this huge, great event. Is that at Ix Park? Yeah, it was that, at Ix yeah. Park, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was packed. It was packed, and it started to feel really slow, and he was playing acoustic by himself up on stage, and he was like begging, pleading for other musicians to be like, hey, get that saxophone out of your case, tune it up, and come on stage. So he plays three songs, begging <laughs> someone to come up, and so finally I'm holding a little kid's tambourine, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call him out. And so I walked to the side stage. His manager's like, yep, go up there. I was like, okay. And so I pull out this little tambourine and I'm playing it. Everyone's laughing. He's laughing. And then he's like, at the end of the song, he's like, you're pretty good. Can you really play? I was like, yeah. And so he's like, they get me a real tambourine. I thought he meant like a tambourine. Uh, the front porch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she brings me a tambourine and some a others. Shaker or a shaker. Yeah. So I'm playing, just backing him up. And it, it's kind of fun. He's like playing with me, like joking around. And as they're doing that, they're setting up this like massive drum set behind me. <laughs> and they wheel it out behind the black curtains. He's like, all right, he's going to play a solo song and you go back there and then come back out and play. So they open it up and it was just surreal. I'd never really played in front of that many people before. That was hundreds of people. Yeah. That and he, he was just like, he was like, uh, can you keep it funky? I was like, yeah, that's all I can do. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for the opportunity. And we just like, we got it. It was so wild and fun. I was working with the camera crew all week. So yeah, they, they were had just your like, back. They're like, oh, we got you. They, they saw me up on stage. like, are you kidding me? And everyone's like running up and taking videos and photos. It was just so much fun. I looked out and I saw so many people from like bands that I love. And I was like, what would they do? They would be up mm-hmm. here killing it. I was like, I got to represent. <laughs> That's so incredible. That so yeah. cool. Tell me more about Front Porch. Front Porch is awesome. I've worked there for four years now. It's a nonprofit music school and venue in Charlottesville. It's a hundred person venue, very intimate, very compressed sound. It's just mm-hmm. very raw in there. And I do the booking for them and I do also some social media and stuff like that. Sean just got brought on over the summer. Um, I do the marketing for as, them. As a marketing and a media person. We we've do been live doing um, live stream concerts, you know, during COVID. It got, sure. Everything got shut down. So we've been doing some live stream concerts and it's a really just wholesome, awesome place. It's like a music hub of Charlottesville, I would say. There, there's concerts and classes, but there's 
normal times there's open jams there's a garden in the back so we sometimes have little intimate like cocktail hour concerts and beer and we've had other kind of events and most recently we've started doing like music videos for for bands and stuff like that too so it's it's just a really cool music hub that sounds incredible we're actually thinking about opening up a location in richmond that is so exciting it's a really cool company to be involved with yeah that sounds incredible it's fun it's it's awesome it's made me feel more connected to the music scene you know not only do i play music but i'm involved in it from this other perspective and yeah Yeah, i've been the cameraman for like maybe a hundred concerts that we put on during this time too so no one else gets to see live music and then it's just us behind our little <laughs> it's a little private show yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. a private it's... show there are evenings where i just can't wipe the smile off my face and i'm like i love my job yeah. i just stood 12 feet from a world-class trumpeter right. mm-hmm. and opera singer and saxophonist and just yeah. for me and the cameraman and the engineer yeah. i mean right. we're all there and it's just my two hands clapping but hoo-hoo. yeah it's so true it's amazing. Such a gift. I cried the first one we did because it was like maybe a week after the quarantine started. And we're like, let's just do this. You know, we'll have just a few people in the room. And there was a couple of uh, singer-songwriters in Charlottesville. And I cried. I was like, this is I've, so I've, beautiful. I've cried a few times throughout yeah. it. There's been some performances that have hit you mm-hmm. really hard. And, and and then you're like, wow, you're looking at a camera and you're still mm-hmm. putting off so much raw energy. Yeah. It's, it's really super amazing. compelling. And it's been really helpful to see these people every week. It makes our creative juices flow so much yeah. more than it has been. I see our camera guys wiggle all the time. That's when I That's know it's so, really good. Yes. You can see them. And a couple of times they've said, I've just wanted to let the camera go and walk away and just <laughs> yes. dance. You know, they just want to get into it. I can always tell when Sean is really into it because he starts drumming to their song, you know, on his yeah. body or something. I'm like, oh, he's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got their little tail. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people go for more information between hearing this and when you're going to be live with us? So we got a website, droppingjulia.com. We also are up on Spotify. We're up on YouTube. We got Facebook and Instagram and we got music on there and also just, you know, funny little Just recently joined things. TikTok. Oh, yeah. We have one video on TikTok. It's with our cats. We got a lot of cats. So <laughs> we have to learn how to use that. I feel too old for it. <laughs> Any post with my dogs gets three times the I engagement know, right? if it's just me or, hey, here's my food or whatever. The minute there's a dog face or an animal, pfft. It goes crazy. <laughs> we have uh, plenty of animals to yeah. choose from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go from likes to loves. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and shares. People just, yeah. Everybody's a big sucker for it. Well, we cannot wait to have you guys. This is going to be very exciting. Thank you so much. We're so excited. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap.